Hello everybody, welcome to the Champions Cast here on ZeldaDungeon.net. My name is Andy Spateri, joined by Allison Aletha, Kevin O'Rourke, and hey guys, did you know that the Switch has games? It definitely has games. I didn't before, but I do now. Oh boy. That was, uh, that was quite the show. Uh, we were talking, of course, about the... Game Awards uh, 2019 show, which seemed to last forever and ever and ever. Uh, we're going to get into that today. We are going to talk about the year that was for Nintendo and the Nintendo Switch and all that. So I think we're, it's going to be a good show. Uh, uh, but before we get there, we got a few things that uh, we want to take care of. And we're just going to get right to business today. First of all, we want to give a shout out to... A much maligned game on the Champions cast, but uh, a good game nonetheless. The Legend of Zelda Spirit Tracks turns 10 years old today. Well, not exactly today, but, uh, you know, sometime this week. So, um, you know, let's take a second and just give some love to Spirit Tracks. I feel like, you know, if you listen to this show, you've been hearing me talk about these DS Zeldas for the last two years but there is a lot of redeeming qualities of Spirit Tracks. I think that the final boss is really cool with the Demon Train. I think that, that Burn is a, is a pretty cool character. So, you know, it does a lot of, of, of good things. I love trains. Oh, no, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> Just in general. This is year 10, so maybe this will be the year that I play Spirit Tracks for the first time. Now's your, now's your chance. Now is my chance. I'll I'll say this: Don't play it on the Wii U Virtual Console. Okay. If you, oh. If you can, just find it. I and, have well, it. I feel like it's weird playing games on the Virtual Console because, like, you gotta. Yeah. I think we talked about it a couple weeks ago how it was kind of awkward, like looking at your gamepad, but then looking at your screen when you're kind of conditioned to just looking, you know, like right up and down. Mm-hmm. Could just play it on the gamepad itself, right? Have like a a <laughs> Super 3DS. I believe you can. I mean. You don't have to play it on the TV. I can't remember. I haven't played Phantom Hourglass on the Virtual Console for over a year now, so I can't remember quite well. I feel like that would be a weird experience too, because of the, you know, uh, much maligned control feature of Spirit Tracks. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, Spirit Tracks, a, uh, a a a misunderstood game, perhaps a game with a lot of potential. I think that it is better than Phantom Hourglass. I'll I'll say that. It's a whimsical Zelda, a wholesome Zelda. Yeah, I, I think with a few tweaks here and there, it could be a really great game. I'm, I'm really looking forward to the day, maybe in the next console generation or so, when, uh, you know, when Nintendo maybe remakes Spirit Tracks and Phantom Hourglass, um, Link's Awakening, and puts it out on, like, a I don't know, the Switch 2 or something like that. Because I think, man, if those games just controlled normally, they would be, uh, they'd be pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I agree. So yeah, shout out to uh, to Spirit Tracks. Happy birthday to uh, the second Nintendo DS Zelda game. Um, Let's move on and let's talk about a new feature that Zelda Dungeon is doing. And this is pretty cool. You've heard, if you've been listening to this show, us talk about definitive rankings of Zelda games, of dungeons, of items, all that stuff. Um, Of course... We stole this idea from the Hyrule Compendium, a video series over on Zelda Dungeon's YouTube channel, where um, Masi Sengui 
the hosts of the Hyrule Compendium, definitively rank all the Zelda games. But now, we are asking for your input on a new definitive ranking system. So the way that this works is we're going to do one game a month, and we are going to break the rankings down into four parts. Mossies is going to have 25% of the vote. GUI is going to have 25%. The general Zelda Dungeon staff is going to have 25%. And you, the audience, are going to have 25% of the ranking power of a different Zelda game each month. And we're starting it off with a bang. One of the most divisive Zelda games, Twilight Princess. Uh, I'm pretty excited for this. I am too. I, uh, Moss and GUI convinced me to play along. I'm not going to be a part of it, but I'm going to play each month, um, each game, and that's going to help me complete my actual played-every-Zelda-game list. Nice. Oh, wow. So you're going to you're gonna play Twilight Princess uh, from start to finish this month? Yeah. And you're going to play but... each game in one sitting? Oh, is that what they're doing? No, I don't think so. I'd hope okay. not. No, that no, might, not that might that. skew <laughs> the results of this uh, survey a little bit. Yeah. Yes. You think? <laughs> I bet no, if you um, asked even... Andy at the end of the Zelda Dungeon Marathon, right after finishing Twilight <laughs> Princess, he'd put that right at the bottom. Yeah. We're talking below Tingle's Rosy Rupee Land, oh. below Crossbow Training. <laughs> We're talking below it all. That's awesome. No, I just think it's really cool. Spoiler alert, I dunked on uh, Twilight Princess for, <laughs> for my ranking of it. That might have been why. Sorry, Allison, I keep Digging into the words you're trying to say. No, it's all good. I'm just saying I'm excited too. So this is going to be pretty cool. Um, like I said, each month a new Zelda game that we're going to rank definitively. And uh, Kevin, maybe you could uh, elaborate here because I'm assuming that it's the same rules as last time, where we're going to start with one and then uh, they're going to we're going to kind of break down each month and slot a game either in second or third or first or whatever place. I don't know if we're using any Nehru's Loves this time around, though. As far as I know, there's no Nehru's Loves. Um, so the poll is available on the ZeldaDungeon.net website, um, and that is open until January 1st. So from the time of this podcast, uh, you've, you've got some time to fill out your definitive ranking. Um, we're going on a 1 to 5 scale and basing it off of 10 categories. Um, and that is the world, art style, story, pacing or progression, uh, gameplay slash combat, items slash abilities, dungeons, enemies, bosses, side content, extras, and music and sound. And you rank those from one to five, one being poor, five being excellent. I know that I said I dunked on uh, Twilight Princess, but I, I ranked the dungeons and the bosses as a five. You got to give credit where credit's due. That game has some spectacular bosses. Bosses, I feel in particular, are Twilight Princess's uh, strong suit. I think they're definitely worth a fiver. Yeah. Yeah, I can get behind that. A lot of really fun bosses uh, in that game. But yeah, we are very excited for that feature. I can't wait until we get to uh, to uh, some of the games that I'm excited about: uh, Minish Cap and Skyward Sword. There might be a little bit of campaigning going on on the Champions Cast to. Uh, Bump those games up in the old <laughs> rankings there, so stay tuned for that. But yeah, that, uh, that's coming up pretty quick. If you want to be a Grinch and uh, dunk on Twilight Princess like I did, head over to ZeldaDungeon.net, or you can be a Santa Claus and tell us how much you love it. Uh, let's get into this week's show, you guys, which is all about the Game Awards and the year that was for Nintendo. Let's start 
with the Game Awards. Those, of course, happened on Thursday. All three of us were watching it live. Kind of a mistake, <laughs> if we're being totally honest. Um, that was a long three. Actually, it was three and a half hours because there was a, a fine half-hour pre-show. That made no sense to me. It was basically part of the show. Like, why are you trying to put a little nice little ribbon on it and say pre-show? No. It was part of the show. It was four hours long. I felt like I was watching, like, a WWE pay-per-view. Except without the action. Yeah. Like, there was no table bumps. There's, you know, no super kicks. I felt like I'd been super kicked by the end of the show. That's <laughs> Gosh. Um, I mean, let's, uh, you know, let's let's quickly, let's run through some of the highlights of the Game Awards before we get into all the other stuff. And let's talk about some things. I jotted down a couple things that stood out to me. You guys can um, can throw in anything that you know you saw that you liked as well. Um, it's a short list because there wasn't a whole lot, but I am excited for Bravely Default 2. That was shown off for Nintendo Switch. Uh, I'm a big fan of Bravely Default and Bravely Second, which is weird that this is called Bravely Default 2 and there's yeah. literally a game called Bravely Second. But this is kind of odd too. Yolo. I, I caught that as well. It's the third game, but they're calling it two. I think it's just because there's new characters. Bravely Second kind of used the same. It, it was it was almost a carbon copy of Bravely Default. Uh, Bravely Second was. So I, I can understand maybe what they're trying to do. They did the same thing with Xenoblade 2. They had a, um, they had Chronicles X, and then they had Xenoblade Chronicles 2. So Nintendo's kind of weird with their names. But, uh, you know, this should be really fun. It's a really good... Um, classic rpg in the vein of the old school final fantasies uh really held heavy emphasis on job systems uh i i hate the the like chibi art style i was hoping that they would get rid of that for the next game that they did i think it looks stupid mm. i've never actually but. played bravely default but i got some octopath traveler vibes from it so i think i would like it yeah they're um uh... There, there's definitely some similarities between the two. I actually, when I saw that trailer, I was thinking that maybe we were seeing uh, a sequel to Octopath Traveler, mm. which I also would be like super jazzed about. Same. But no, Bravely Default Default Two that is uh, coming out. I didn't catch uh, a release date for that. Did any of you guys? Oh no, I no, didn't. I didn't actually. Twenty twenty. No, twenty twenty. Um, I was excited. When, when they uh, revealed all the musical artists in Cyberpunk, uh, Run the Jewels is in there. I'm a big Run the oh, Jewels yeah. fan, so I was just like, hell yeah. Um, so that was pretty cool. And probably the highlight of the show, tell me, you guys, if, if you disagree, but, I mean, the highlight of the show for me was the heartfelt speech that Reggie fils gave about indie gamers and how we all start as an indie gamer or an indie developer rather and then grow from there and the importance of, of these indie developers it was just like it was very much a uh, you know it was, it was a great moment it was a great reminder of why he is so beloved to I, I think not only the Nintendo fan base but the the gaming fan base as a whole it was it was a fantastic speech he you know he mentioned uh, Miyamoto he mentioned uh, the late uh, Satori Iwata, which was a very nice moment. Uh, so it was, it was, that was probably the highlight of the show for me. Really touching speech. 
I yeah, I agree. And it was kind of it was kind of cool. We there was a bunch of us in this chat watching this, and we were bagging and laughing and loud the entire time. I have no idea what was said half of the shows, but when Reggie came out, it was like dead silent, and we were all just like listening to him. And I thought that was really cool because you could just tell how much we all were like looking forward to that moment. Yeah, that was a big deal. Um, it was really cool to see Reggie come back. Also, you know, after having retired, it was great to see him. Yeah. And he had a, he had an awesome Reggie pin. Oh on his, yeah, on his suit jacket. It was a little mini Reggie. That was awesome. Uh, you know what? There was also a game too. Do you, do you remember this, Allison? There was a game with like the the dancing chick, and then she had four arms. And then oh was, like, yeah, and we all freaked out. <laughs> that looked pretty cool. I'll, I'll give a shout out to that. That, that looked kind of neat. We're like, what is However, happening? <laughs> so we just listed off like three, three and a half, if we want to include the forearm girl. Three and a half highlights in a three and a half hour show. So let's talk about the other side of what we saw in this uh, Game Award presentation, which was a whole lot of F.A. You all know what that stands for. Um, I, I, you know, I did not think, if you listen to this show, I said, I don't think we're getting Zelda Breath of the Wild 2. I didn't think that we were, and we sure didn't. But I, you know, I had to say, I thought that we were going to get something. For like a hot Anything. second. I mean, like, goddamn, that was... And Nintendo was promoting it on their social accounts, just being like, make sure you tune into the Game Awards. I think we all thought that we were going to get a Smash character. Mm-hmm. Nothing. I think we all thought that maybe we could get a peek at a new first party something. Nothing. Mm-hmm. There were people that were hopeful for Breath of the Wild. That was a definite nothing. Um, I mean, yikes. Yeah. Like this was this was a slog for Nintendo fans. I wish they had something, just something small from Nintendo to make up for the fact that we spent like, you know, three and a half hours watching something, hoping for all these things. And even if we didn't get them, we got something, but there wasn't really anything. Switch has games. Except that the Switch has games. How how many times do we see this stupid ad? I like... wanna say at least four. You've got the Xbox Series X, the world unveiling of the next Xbox console. Its name, it's what it looks like. Really cool it stuff. It looks cool. And that was a highlight, actually. It, you know, I, I'm, I'm pretty excited for the Xbox Series X. And maybe maybe I'm being too harsh because I actually, there was a trailer for Ori and the Will of the Wisps, mm-hmm. too, which looked awesome. But, I mean, like, we've already seen that, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not like it was groundbreaking new stuff. But you know what? So Xbox comes out, Microsoft comes out with their new console. That's great. PlayStation comes out. They're like, here's a here's an in depth look at the Ghost of Tsushima, and here's a new PlayStation Five game. Here's a lot of cool stuff. There's Nintendo. Like, hey, we have games. <laughs> Come check out Mario Kart. Oh man. No, oh my gosh. Pretty. Maybe they're Pretty just saving brutal. all. Maybe they're just saving all their good stuff for the next direct. Don't they usually have one in January or February? They'll they'll have one in February for sure. Uh, February for sure. They always have one there, and I think that coincides with the beginning of the financial year. Mm. So they'll have one there. What was everyone's thoughts but, on the uh, on the? There were some VR spotlights on here as to as well too. Hit or miss. It must have missed with me because I wasn't paying that close attention. I, I thought there was a good focus on VR games. Yeah, I'm with Al. I thought that was kind of cool. There might have been. 
I mean, and like, like Google Stadia. Allison, how long into this show until we all started drinking? Uh, pretty quickly, I think. Yeah, it wasn't long. <laughs> At least thirty minutes, I think. Pre-game on the pre-show. <laughs> so I and I was being responsible. I'm drinking coffee. I'm ready to report the news. You know, I'm I'm looking out for any breaking announcements. We're about thirty minutes in. I hear a beer crack, and, and Moss is like, forget this. I'm, you know, it's time to start drinking. I'm holding out. I got my coffee. Allison's like, I'm getting some tequila. Forget this. It's spread hour in, and Switch has games. And then I was just like, you know what? No, no more coffee. No more coffee if I'm sitting through this three-and-a-half-hour slog. At least it was a good time. Like aside from watching the shows, it was a good time to hang out. There was it was it, yeah it was a fun. There were some awesome music performances. Uh, and some Green Day. You know what? Yes, Green Day was awesome. They only played two songs though. That's okay. I was jamming to Welcome in Paradise. Oh yeah, I was loving that. And we had I'm the. Not, I'm not a big fan of their new single though. No. They they were rocking. Much, I wonder how much they got paid to do their two songs. Probably a lot. And it was weird because, like, they don't have anything to do with video games. And listen, I'm a big Green Day fan. I feel like... I'm going to go into a little bit of a tirade here because I feel like the Game Awards is presenting itself as, like, this celebration of video games and this celebration of gaming culture. It is not that. Mm -mm. The Video Game Awards were mostly commercials, advertisements. Um, uh, let's, Let's use this for a comparison. So you have Reggie give a heartfelt speech about indie developers. Your next award right after is the Subway Eat Fresh <laughs> Fresh Developer Award for the for an indie developer. You know what I mean? Like yeah. and that's an actual category. You can check that out. You have you don't have any of these developers given a lot of real time to come up and and give acceptance speeches. You know, you have rapid fire categories where they'll just announce like three winners in a row and for important categories like the best music or the best art direction or the best action adventure game, you don't really get a lot of time to celebrate a lot of these important aspects of the video game community. You have a band like like Green Day come in, and I'm a huge Green Day fan, but like they have nothing to do with anything in video games. Like last year, or in 2017 rather, they had a live performance of Jump Up Superstar from Mario Odyssey, which is fantastic. Oh, yeah, that was cool. And, and, like, this year, you know, we have Green Day and Grime. What is that her name? Grime? Yeah, something like that to do with cyberpunk. And, you know, the Grime one was actually pretty cool. And But, you know, it's just, it's not the celebration of video games that I think it thinks that it is. It was very much... And maybe it's just because there was nothing for us Nintendo fans, but it was very much just like an advertisement for stuff. I mean, like to take the show closing, for example, you have Vin Diesel and Michelle Rodriguez oh, come out. They're talking about what big video game fans they are. I think they mispronounce every single video game that they mention. Um, and they, they're basically just up there yucking for, for the camera and couldn't like obviously couldn't care less about what's going on they're only there to promote the fast and the furious video game which looks awful that looks like a playstation 3 game so bad god that looks bad vin diesel's a big video game fan though 
Like, he dumped money into getting the Chronicles of Riddick game, like, created. Like, went out and wrote a check. Um, but that definitely seemed like a shill, for sure. Like, here's Vinny D. Check out this game. Like, maybe, I don't know, maybe he is a, a big gamer fan. Like Oh, yeah. When I saw Michelle Rodriguez, I was just like, man, she just looks like she wants to be anywhere yeah. else. She didn't look <laughs> the game terribly parts, invested right? yet. Like, Vin Diesel had some energy, yeah. He he had some energy, but I just I thought that the whole like thing was because uh, I think that you realized at that point when you're seeing Fast and Furious, like okay, we're definitely not getting any Smash Bros news, not getting any Zelda news because we were at Game of the Year, which um, congratulations by the way to uh, Sekiro for winning Game of the Year. Speaking of mispronouncing, I have no idea if I said that <laughs> right. But um, it's fine. So yeah, it's you're at the realization that like none of this other stuff is coming. So now we're just sitting through this soulless ad for a PlayStation Three Fast and the Furious <laughs> video game from uncomfortable Michelle Rodriguez and Vin Diesel who refuses to look at the crowd and is just looking at Michelle Rodriguez <laughs> the whole time. It was so awkward and soulless. I feel like they were nervous. Like they felt like they didn't belong there or something. Uh, maybe they just didn't know what they were, how they should be feeling. They could have brought Green Day back I out. I think Billy Joe would have uh, given a great speech for Game of the Year. <laughs> Teed him right up. I, you know what? One cool thing. One cool thing before we move on from the Game Awards that did happen is, uh, you know, we, we've been complaining on this show what a travesty a travesty it was that Fire Emblem Three Houses was only nominated for Best Strategy Game, which it won, by the way. But uh, that actually won the fan vote for Game of the Year over some really heavy hitters like Control, Death Stranding, Outer Worlds. So of all those games, Fire Emblem Three Houses won the fan vote for Game of the Year. So I think that really goes to show that, like, you know... They, People people noticed that it was missing, and I think they rallied around that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, selected that as their game of the year. Because I think that's got to be my game of the year. I agree. That that was pretty cool. It's definitely my game of the year as well. Um, so, yeah. So, Zelda was a big loser at <laughs> at the Game Awards, <laughs> unfortunately. Ooh, Link's Awakening was nominated for a couple categories. It came away empty-handed. Cadence of Hyrule did not win best music uh smash bros won the best fighting game um luigi's mansion took home best family game and fire emblem took home the best strategy game and i think that was it i think we were pretty much shut out yep. other than that that sounds about right a lot of awards for control a lot of awards for um disco elysium which was cool i think i want to check that out death stranding only won two awards when we thought they were going to take the house with it like Red Dead yeah. last year I, I was ready. I was I had my meme ready, and the winner is yeah. Death Stranding to every single award. <laughs> Red Dead Redemption 2. Best strategy game. <laughs> yeah, I feel like oh, some, some Resident Evil folks got a little snub, too. I thought that would maybe uh, pull a surprise there. You know, I think it's just that it's a remake that hurt its chances. Maybe that's just me, but I feel like there is something... I feel like, like a, a remake of a game doesn't stand as much as a chance versus like a new game, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Makes sense to me, yeah. Even though like it's it's an incredible remake. I haven't played Resident Evil 2, but I uh, it's on my list. 
But uh, as, as, you know, fantastic as a remake can be, and I guess this goes for Link's Awakening too, I feel like it just doesn't, you know, stand on the same footing as, like, a new game, like a Death Stranding or, like, a Fire Emblem or something like that. Yeah, like, it shouldn't count too much. Well, that was the Game Awards. Have... They were long... Sorry, Andy, I'm cutting you off right now. I got one last factoid for you. Are you ready for this? I'm, re- I'm standing up for Green Day here and their involvement with the Game Awards. It was the tiniest little fade that they had on a monitor in the background, but the reason, like, the tie-in with the Game Awards and Green Day was that there was a Green Day pack of songs now available on Beat Saber. That's the tie-in. It's all your Beat Saber fans. You got Green Day. Uh, see, there, Allison, we should have been paying attention during the uh, the VR segments. <laughs> it's all about VR. VR is the future. Side story. So I think I told you guys. I don't know if I said this on the podcast before, but I went and picked up Rock Band, uh, some old Rock Band drums and Rock Band guitars and stuff like that. Got them secondhand from some guy selling them. And I was like, yeah, I can't wait to to rock out to all my old songs again. Like I got, I got green day rock band, rock band two. I got like, like 200 bucks in downloadable songs. I go to fire it up and it's not on my Wii. And I'm like, Oh no. And then I realized that I, I system transferred my Wii over to my Wii U. So I fire up my Wii U. All my songs are there, but all the downloadable songs that I paid for are gone. Oh my Cause the Wii doesn't support their online store anymore. Oh boy. Ah, <sighs> sad time so now i'm playing green day rock band and i've got the whole 21st century breakdown album except for the three downloadable content songs that were in rock band 2 terrible that is terrible you need to get your green day fix on beat saber now it's the only way i'm not as good of a drummer as i used to be either i used to be awesome at rock band i'm gonna put myself over here i used to be so good at rock band i could like gold star songs on expert drums oh wow now now I can barely pass on hard. <laughs> we gotta get you back in drummer shape. I know. I need a I need a guitarist with me. Sam Sam's okay, but she uh, she plays on medium, so the speed difference is is there. I'll fl- fly me up. I'll play it on uh, expert uh, mode. Uh, we might we might have to uh, to bust out some rock band in August, but that's neither here nor there. Let's uh, let's move on and talk about the year that was for Nintendo and for the Nintendo Switch in particular. Let's focus on and let's give let's give a grade. Let's focus on the highs and a lot of the games that came out and a lot of the um, announcements that came out. And let's talk about some lows as well. And we'll we'll go in kind of a, a quasi order here, and we can give some thoughts on um, on each of the the following here. And uh, just kind of go from there. But let's, yeah, let's review the year that was. We'll talk about some highs and lows. Let's start it off. The year pretty much started with Smash Bros. Ultimate. Mm-hmm. Um, right away at last year's Game Awards, when we had Nintendo News, there was the Joker revealed. And uh, Nintendo did a pretty good job of supporting Smash Bros. this year with new characters, new spirits. Uh, we got four downloadable characters this year, which was uh, which was pretty cool. So yeah, I mean that's that's got to be a highlight for me. Um, just seeing and and like really fan favorite characters as well. We got uh, Banjo Kazooie in 
finally. I think a lot of people were really hyped for Joker. Um, you know, maybe maybe the hero from Dragon Age didn't set the world on fire, and I think that Terry Bogard definitely didn't set the world on fire. But <laughs> that being said, they're both pretty fun to actually play as. I, as not a huge Smash fan, I thought the last two were kind of like were kind of downers compared to Banjo and um, the Joker. So I'm interested to see what they do for this last one to see if they can go above and beyond. I guess we should point out too, it's not the last one. They did announce this year that they are going to continue to support Smash Bros. with a new fighter pack. Oh, well, that's awesome. And new fighters. So that that is pretty cool. But yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to see who we get for the... I guess the final character of Smash Pack 1, because I think, like, you know, expectations were all over the place. We were talking last week about Sora. We were talking about, like, Master Chief back in uh, E3. So I think it's uh, this is probably the funnest part of Smash Bros. for me, is just speculating who can get into the game. Yeah, it could be anyone. So, yeah, I thought that that was a really big highlight. Definitely. For the entire year, too. It's not like it just tailed off. Mm-hmm. Um, and so one of the one of the other highlights we got this year was Cadence of Hyrule, which was an announcement I don't think that anybody saw coming. Uh, this was, you know, typically when Nintendo announces an indie direct, people are just kind of like, eh, whatever. Like I'll, uh, it doesn't really matter because there's not going to be any big game announcements. And I guess you could, you know, you could make the case that Cadence of Hyrule isn't a big game announcement, but I think that the announcement of a Nintendo IP in a Indie Direct really changed the perception of how we view these um, Indie Directs because, you know, we had one just a couple days ago, which actually, shout out to Axiom Verge 2, I can't wait to play that. But we had an Indie Direct a couple days ago and I was like, I was glued to it because I was like, okay, well maybe, you know, if, if they can announce a Zelda game during these, they can announce anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so Cadence of Hyrule comes out. I really enjoyed it. That was a, a really big surprise and a highlight for me. They did really good with the trailer of it, getting people super hyped because, you know, it had the remix Zelda music to be with the beat of the game. And it, it, that's what got me hyped was the music of it. Did you uh, did you ever play Necrodan- Crypt of the Necrodancer? I did not. See, I actually, um, when they made the announcement, they had Crypt of the Necrodancer on sale for like three bucks or something like that. And I picked it up and I was playing it and I was not very impressed, actually. I was I was just kind of like, yeah, this is okay. So I was very, very pleasantly surprised to play Cadence of Hyrule. Um, I do think that it was kind of strange, though. If you remember, they uh, during E3... I was I was kind of like okay I'm I'm thinking that Cadence is going to be released today as kind of like a surprise and they didn't do that but they released it like three days after mm-hmm. and I feel like maybe that hurt Cadence of Hyrule a little bit. You think they should have announced it at E3, like have it released at E3? Well, not like announced it for the general public, but like announced like because you you announced it in the indie direct and you didn't hear about it until E3. So I feel like if they talked about it at E3 or just like available now, got you. Maybe that would have went a little bit further. Mm-hmm. Uh, and anybody on the fence about Cadence of Hyrule 2, any Zelda fans, there is a demo of it in the eShop right now, which you should check out. And it's also on sale. So if you act quickly, then, um, you know, you can get it for a great price. And it's a great Zelda game. So that's a definite thumbs up for me. Fire Emblem Three Houses. I mean, 
we've we've talked about this game a lot on the show. Mm-hmm. This is just an incredible, incredible game. It took me a minute to get uh, to jump on board with Fire Emblem Three Houses, but I'm so so glad I did. I've never played a Fire Emblem game before, and for this to be my first Fire Emblem game, and the fact that it took me 70 hours just to finish one house, and I have two houses to go, and there's DLC coming out. Like I'm super jazzed to keep playing this game. It's definitely on my wish list. You know, I can't remember. Uh, yeah, yeah it's on my wish list for sure. I played the Fire Emblem uh, 3DS titles. Um, so I'm looking forward to this, but this game... Um, what, what house speaks to you, Kevin? If you had to choose. If I had to choose between, what, Fire Emblem Three Houses? Yeah, like well, like if you had to choose a house in Three Houses, just knowing nothing about the game, you got the Black Eagles, the Blue Lions, and the Golden Deer. I'll put you oh, I spot. picked the Eagles for sure. They're a great band. I was an Eagle. Al, what, what how you took the Golden Deer, didn't you? Yep, first house is Golden Deer. I still haven't played my Blue Lion playthrough, but I am. Uh, I'm waiting until the DLC comes out for that to do so. Because mm-hmm. I'm really jazzed about that. Um, I guess speaking of uh, some cool DLC and stuff like that, they Nintendo also released Super Mario Maker 2 this year, which I haven't. There's just too much, and I haven't had a chance to play it yet. I I really enjoyed the first Super Mario Maker. I'm not like a I'm not like that creative when it comes to making levels and stuff, but I really like playing other people's levels. This just seems like such an awesome upgrade from the first title. And, you know, just I think it was last week they announced that you could now get the the Master Sword yes. in Mario Maker 2 and turn into Link. So, I mean, how cool is that? Did, uh, did any of you guys get a chance to play this game? I have not played this game. I haven't played the first one either. It's not something I'm super interested in, but I did like watching people play it. So, yeah, I thought it was fun to watch and enjoy people go through a lot of pain of other um, maps that were made. Yeah, there's some quality live streamers that do, um, like, exclusively play, like, Mario Maker. Um, But the Master Sword Edition was, like, super unexpected and really cool. And it changes the way that people have, like, designed levels. Like, now you have, like, different kinds of attacks, and I've seen some really awesome gameplay of like you know it was like maybe two days after the um the master sword was available and it was like how did people come up with these things like it's it's amazing man it just makes you i feel like nintendo in 2019 just like really really kind of is stepping closer and closer and closer to just giving us a zelda maker or a dungeon maker you know we got chamber dungeons which we'll get into in a second we got link in mario maker I feel like they're testing the waters and, you know, they're closer and closer and closer to giving us what we want. We can only dream. <laughs> we can only dream. Um, Yoshi's Crafted World comes out. Probably not a title for anybody in here, I don't think. Kevin, unless maybe you're a Yoshi's Crafted World fan. I like the Yoshi games. Um, I like Yoshi's Island. Uh, this is on the radar. But um, not the most sought after but i i think it looks cute i'd like to play it i yeah i think for what it is it's uh it's a really nice game like it looks you know it's a yoshi game you know what you're gonna get it's for maybe a little bit of a younger audience but i um you know i heard by all accounts that this was a really nice game so to me that's just you know another series it's another thumbs up in a series of them so that came out this year too. I mean, I'm just looking at this list of games. There is just so much 
that came out this year. Astral Chain, the new IP from uh, Platinum Games came out, and by all accounts, that is supposed to be uh, really great as well. Doesn't really look like my kind of game. I don't know if either of you guys have uh, dipped your toes in Astral Chain or not. Not me. No, I haven't either. Seems like a cool time. Platinum games are always like, you know, pretty, pretty like stellar looking. Some good gameplay, good controls. Yeah, it it seemed like uh like a fun time. Uh, somebody at Zelda Dungeon was playing it, and now I can't remember who it was, but they they really Wait. liked it. Adam, I think no, I, I think it was Adam. Heather actually, one of our writers, Adam. Heather. Uh, I think that she was playing Astral Chain, and she she really dug it. Um, you know, I've played Bayonetta, and uh, that was a really, you know, fun game. Um, so this is another, like, it's a big thumbs up. Uh, even on the on the mobile side of things, we had some quality Nintendo releases for your cell phone this year, too. We had Dr. Mario World, we had Mario Kart Tour. You know, I've, I've played both of those, and I maybe, maybe like Dr. Mario a little bit more than Mario Kart Tour, but... I know a lot of people uh, are really digging the mobile Mario Kart. Either of you guys into that? No, but um, Locke is super into it, and apparently so is Rachel's sister. Um, but I hear Locke plays it a lot. Yeah, I stick to the Switch Mario Kart. But yeah. I've heard it's a good time. Yeah, even on like cell phones. I feel like this was a really strong year, and let's kind of... Let's continue here and just nail off a couple more titles here. Uh, Ring Fit Adventure. This is a wacky and wild title that I don't think anybody saw coming. I'm actually going to buy this. I think after... I'm, I'm kind of hoping that it goes on sale for New Year's. So that way, like, fat slobs like me can buy it for cheaper. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to buy this and start using it and start working out so I can be in somewhat wedding shape here. I'm, I'm really looking forward to this. This looks like really goofy but a lot of fun i don't think anybody saw this coming i thought no nah, this kinda, dropped i don't know they where just um they promoted it strangely i feel like they had this this small little snippet and they're like by the way surprise coming next week or tomorrow whatever and then they showed it and we're just like what is this until they showed it and we're like oh okay well this kind of looks cool i yeah i agree because they they did the uh, the announcement of like there there was a new game coming and it wasn't a direct but it was just one announcement for this game and then it was out like pretty much right after wasn't it mm -hmm. like there wasn't a lot of time between announcement and game release. Mm -mm. Only thing that I don't like is there's no multiplayer in this game. Allegedly. Oh, there isn't. I don't think so. Oh. I asked uh, one of our former editors who has this and he was saying that. It does not support more than one player, which is kind of a bummer. Yeah. Um, let's continue. The hits kept on rolling for Nintendo in 2019. Uh, we got Link's Awakening on the Switch. Of course, we have covered that in depth on the site, but let's just really quickly um, give our final thoughts on the Link's Awakening remake for Nintendo Switch. I thought that it was really well done, really charming, really cute, and uh, a really great update on an old classic. Yes, I agree. I thought it was really cool when they announced it. I know a lot... I don't... Maybe not as a whole, but I have several friends that were kind of disappointed. They're like, they could do so many different Zelda remakes. And I was thinking to myself, well, I actually haven't played this game before. And so I'm really excited that it's getting a fresh new 
you know, um, skin and art style and it's going to be on the Switch makes it easier for me to play. And so I was super excited to get my hands on it and play it. It felt like a brand new Zelda game to me. Yeah, it was a fun time. It's cool to re-explore Koholint Island. It's just like a fun, cutesy, wholesome experience. Like tons of fun. Um, and surprisingly, like it's kind of a dark sort of game, and it's cute it really little, is. cute little uh, tilt shift diorama characters. I want to play with all of them, like on my desk in front of me. <laughs> Uh, Allison, I'm glad that you said that that you you would never play this game because I mean we're talking about a game that is, I mean, geez, it's almost 30 years old. It's as old as I am. Came out in 1993, I think. You know, and I and I think that um, as Zelda fans, a lot of us kind of sleep on that that this game is is it is quite old and like there's a lot of people that their first Zelda game was probably, you know, Ocarina of Time or Twilight Princess or a lot of people's first Zelda game was Breath of the Wild. So to reintroduce an old classic like that to a new audience, I thought was huge. And and at last report, this game has sold three million copies plus, That's and that awesome. was like a month ago. That's yeah. pretty good. I, I mean, I would be willing to wager that that's probably more than the original Link's Awakening ever sold, or if not, pretty close. Mm-hmm. Not including like virtual resales. Yeah, not including virtual console or anything like that. So you know, I'm. Part of me is just like, I wish they would have done a little bit more to this game to expand it or, you know, something like that. But then the other part of me is just like, this is fantastic. And this is a, this this remake is for a gamer like me who loves Zelda, but more so it's for a gamer that missed out on this title and now gets to experience it for the first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, two, for, two more, I guess, big titles that Nintendo had this year. Luigi's Mansion 3, Pokemon Sword and Shield, uh, you know, again, what, what can you say? Fantastic quality titles. And, you know, I feel like looking at this list of games that Nintendo released in 2019, I mean, this is like a who's who of just fantastic titles, you know, looking at, you've got all the heavy hitters here, Pokemon, Zelda, Luigi, Mario, I, I this is, this is a fantastic year for Nintendo. 100%. I think I have a lot of Switch games. The Switch is definitely the console that I bought the most games for, but I think I bought more games this year than the last two years combined. Oh, yeah. Me too, without a doubt. And I think 99% of the things I bought were for the Switch. Yeah, I'm having a real hard time, actually, with my PlayStation games because I just find, like, if it's not on Switch, I just, I, I don't play it. And I have a lot of really great games that I want to play on my PlayStation, but I, I don't know what it is. If it's not on the Switch, I just, I just pick it up, I play, I put it in, I dock it, I play. Um, it, it's, it's tough for me for my, my PlayStation games. I almost feel bad, you know, saying, <laughs> like, I'll get to you eventually. And, but yeah, I mean, look at that, that roster of first party titles that was released this year. And that's not even talking about all of the great third party titles that, oh yeah that came along. Like, you know, I've, I've been talking about playing Final Fantasy 12, uh, which came out, I think that came out this year for it. Um, Okami came back out, the HD edition, lots of awesome indie games, Hotline Miami, Gree, uh, just like a who's who of awesome games. But I guess to be fair, it wasn't all sunshine for nintendo this year um let's talk about 
some of the the misses of of 2019 and i think that we could start at uh damon x machina that was the kind of mech looking zone of enders game that they were really pushing hard they opened e3 with that i think that that was a bust um it came out and i think mixed reviews would be uh would be putting it politely you know they had they had a demo looking for feedback of this game like a month before it actually released and that set off some warning signs to me so this this game i don't think was i think it was an experiment and i think that it was a failed one i'm 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 assuming that neither of you guys have played the demo or played this game i I haven't played it no but i I did follow this quite heavily uh throughout e3 it seemed cool it was like a gundam federation versus zeon fighter game seemed like fun it honestly kind of slipped off my radar i didn't i this is you're like bringing it back to the forefront here just mentioning it <laughs> and it was We're back on the allison sonar <laughs> when i was doing my my research for the show and looking at all the stuff that came out this year i forgot that it came out too and this came out um i think in september or something like that hmm. but you wouldn't know it because there was just nothing for it there's no advertisement there was nothing i think that they knew that this wasn't the best game in the world and they just had it out and kind of I, I think we're going to quietly forget that this game pretty much ever existed unfortunately mm. um one of the big probably the biggest fiasco of 2019 for me was the metroid prime 4 debacle where uh, we got a video saying that the Metroid Prime 4 development was going so poorly that they basically were restarting from scratch. So this was this was pretty devastating to me, pretty devastating to a lot of uh, people, you know, looking forward to this game. I mean, I'm sure it'll end up being a good thing because you know, I, the old adage of a of a delayed game is eventually good, a bad game is bad forever. Mm-hmm. But man, did this hurt. Yeah, it seemed like it was a little too early. Well, when did they announce they were working on it? How long into development was it? Well, so during the initial 2017 Switch presentation, where we got that epic Breath of the Wild trailer, mm-hmm. um, they they basically just had a flashcard saying that they were working on Metroid Prime 4. And uh, Reggie came out afterwards and said, you know, usually we're not in the business of showing games that are not six to nine months out from being released, but... We know that there is a strong demand from Metroid fans for a new title, and we wanted to reassure them that we're working on this franchise for them. So that's why they did that. But, you know, and so expectedly so. We didn't see anything from Metroid for, you know, the next couple of years. And then we get this message, uh, or a video from Nintendo, uh, of an update regarding Metroid Prime 4. And that was, uh, that was pretty gutting news, I thought. Yikes. Yeah, that's no fun. Animal Crossing was also delayed into 2020. I don't think that's that big of a deal, but I know that some people were pretty upset about that. Mm-hmm. Are any of you guys Animal Crossing fans? Um, I'm not huge into Animal Crossing. I will. I do think that I will buy the Switch version though, um, or the Switch game. Um, so I was kind of a little bummed too, but I'm I got over it really quickly, and I thought to myself that you know it's gonna it's a Animal Crossing game on the Switch, that's pretty cool. I'd like it to be at its best if I'm given this series a shot. 
Yeah, I'm I'm not a uh, Animal Crossing fan, but it seems. I mean, I, I know there's a lot of passion from people that like really enjoy this series, so it's just a bummer to see it get delayed. But it is what it I, is. I think to me, I'm just like, thank God it got delayed. You look at the back like half of 2019. Holy, holy crap! Is there a lot of stuff that's come out there? Like, oh yeah, Luigi Mansion and uh, Link's Awakening and Pokemon and Ring Fit Adventure. You got so much stuff that. You know, I, I think Animal Crossing, it wouldn't have been lost in the shuffle, but, you know, I even think that the release from Link's Awakening to Luigi's Mansion to Pokemon was too tight, let alone throwing really in fast. another game in there. Poor, yeah, that definitely uh, took a bite out of the wallet, for sure. Poor Mario and Sonic at the Olympics just got completely overshadowed by all those guys. <laughs> Um, you know, speaking of Pokemon, I guess this is this is kind of a down on the year for me too. Even though I don't think it has anything to do with Nintendo itself, but that whole business about the uh, the National Pokedex and Game Freak lied and come on, that was it was just so ugly and so ridiculous for me that 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 was a bummer for me to have to see over and over and over again because like Pokemon Sword and Shield is fantastic, and to see a bunch of goofballs just like oh, I, I can't get my my Venomoth in this game. Like, sh shut up, you know? <laughs> I'm still really, I just, I don't understand. I, I understand what it is. It's just I don't understand why people are so upset that not all the Pokemon are in this game. I have barely caught 300, and I'm already feeling the, feeling the slog to not play anymore. Yeah, I, I think I have like 100 Pokemon. I mean, I guess there's there's different types of Pokemon players, though, right? So mm -hmm. I can maybe understand that, but, like, just shut up. Like, it's probably coming in DLC form at some point. You know what I mean? Like, just... Yeah. And if it doesn't, is are you going to dunk on this new Pokemon game, which is, you know, as, as you and I talked about, Allison, maybe the best Pokemon game yet? Like, mm -hmm. just... That, that was a negative for me, I think, this year. I mean, that being said, though, those were really the only two big... Uh, or I guess the the last couple things were only the big um, things this year that really were a dark cloud over an otherwise awesome year for Nintendo. And we didn't actually we didn't even talk about the fact that now you can play Super Nintendo games on your Nintendo Switch. Mm -hmm. That was a oh, yeah. feather in 2019's cap. Yeah, that was a big big win too, being able to play those and being able to uh, rewind as well. It makes games like Adventure of Link far far better. Um, yeah. I know that's an NES game, but still. Yeah, just having save states available. Or, uh, I'm sorry, restore points. Right. Use the right terminology here. Come on, Kevin. I try. So yeah, I'm, I'm, um... I'm looking at this list of games, you know, Smash Bros. DLC, Cadence of Hyrule, Fire Emblem, Yoshi, Super Mario Maker 2, Astral Chain, Ring Fit Adventure, Link's Awakening, Luigi's Mansion 3, Pokemon Sword and Shield... So I'm going to ask you guys to grade the year that was for 2019. I'm going to give it an A. I think this was a really, really strong year for Nintendo. Maybe, you know, I think 2017 was probably the best year of Nintendo games I can ever remember with games like Breath of the Wild and Odyssey and Splatoon and Mario Kart, like all these just unbelievable games coming out. This is not that far behind, I don't think. Yeah, I would say so too. I think if um, Metroid Prime 4 is the biggest letdown of the year, then Nintendo did pretty good this year. I, I give it, 
I think we could still improve a little bit, so I'll say A minus. I think we still could have showed. I think we still could have showed Breath of the Wild two at the Game Awards. <laughs> that yeah, that's what yeah. knocks the minus there. We, we yeah. give the Game Awards an F. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Press F. Oh boy. Hey, what does that mean? I saw everybody pressing F in the chat. Does that just like literally mean an F grade? No, it's from Call of Duty. Um, there's like an action like cutscene thing that you need, or a quick not quick time. Like you need to press a button to like start an event, and you're at like the funeral of one of your like buddies, and it's on keyboard. It's F is like the action key, so it says press F to pay respects. Like it literally says that on the screen. So that kind of like memed up on the internet. So people gotcha. were paying respects to the game awards. Uh, more like the game awards died, and they were like mourning. There you go. Grandpa Spateri here. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. I needed this explained a couple months ago too. <laughs> what is this here internet doing? Old man shakes his fist at the clouds. All right, great 2019, <laughs> Kevin. 2019 is an A. Definitely, uh, t I dropped a lot of slamos on Nintendo games this year. I spent a lot of time playing uh, my Nintendo Switch. Nintendo did a good job, and they really set themselves up for a pretty quality 2020 as well. I agree. Um, and we're going to talk a little bit more about our hopes and expectations for Zelda and Nintendo in 2020 in a few weeks. But yeah, this is uh, uh, you know this is a stellar year. A lot of slamos dropped on a lot of different games. You know, I, my my Switch library is just ridiculous right now, and full of games that I will probably never get a chance to play. But uh, what can I say? What a great year! That you know that you're doing great when. When. So there it is. That is our reaction to the year that was for uh, 2019. Next week, we are going to be taking a look at the highs and the lows of the Legend of Zelda series in the decade that was the 2010s. And we're each going to pick a couple highs and a couple lows. And uh, I can I can see it now where we're going to differ on some highs and lows. <laughs> I'm excited for that, though. Yeah, I can't believe that this decade is almost over. Yeah, that's insane. Just a couple weeks left. Let's bring on 2020. Bring on the Zelda. Well, we hope that you guys uh, enjoyed this episode, and we hope that you bring on some likes and subscriptions and reviews and all that good stuff to Podbean, iTunes, and wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, this was really fun and uh, a nice trip down memory lane for the year. Thank you guys for joining me for this week. Thank you, Andy. It was fun. Make sure that you head on over to Twitter. Follow me at Spateri316. You can follow Kevin at Shabazzl. Follow Allison at Allison Aletha. Uh, we're going to be back next week with the highs and lows of Zelda in the 2010s. That's it for this week, though. We hope that you guys uh, enjoy your Christmas shopping. There's a lot of Nintendo games that you can gift your loved ones as we just went over. So lots of, uh, lots of options for you there. Thank you guys for listening, and we will see you next week.